When we started making this podcast series, I thought that in order to understand WordPress, I had to understand its software. And while that's been an important part of my journey, I quickly learned that if I wanted to discover WordPress and its community, I had to see it in action. I had to see how WordPress manifests itself in the grand scheme of things, and I had to see it at work in small subcultures. And that is how I ended up here. It's December 7th, 2018, and I'm currently in the Music City Center in Nashville, Tennessee, walking through what's called the Hallway Track at one of WordPress's largest annual gatherings, WordCamp US. Imagine an otherwise modern, hotel-esque ballroom, you know, the kind of space that's only decoration is the visually ornate carpeting that's been spicing up rooms like it since the 80s. High traffic casino style. Yeah, you get the point. Anyway, throughout the event, you'd hear many attendees refer to this room as the one with all the sponsors. There are rows of tables, booths, and displays with narrow paths filled with hundreds of people doing what I'm doing. How's it going, guys? Hey. hey. How are you, sir? How's it going? Good. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Looking good. Wow. Ready to roll. Look at those. These are uh, cord tacos. <laughs> oh, nice. So you wrap your cord in it. And <laughs> That's great. you like it. Sure. They're pretty handy. Oh, yeah. Adam from GoDaddy just gave me a cord taco. Yes, you just heard live in-action audio of me snagging my first piece of swag. For my non-hip-to-the-game listeners, regardless of Google's formal and informal definitions, swag is not a curtain or piece of fabric fastened so as to hang in a drooping curve or marijuana, typically of a low grade. At WordCamp US, swag is best described as free, or in some cases, purchased promotional items. More importantly though, in this recording, you can hear an in-person interaction with my first WordPress friend. Remember Adam Warner from our episode on security? That was him. WordCamps put a face to the WordPress name. They give users of all experience levels opportunities to learn, connect, and contribute together. At this particular event, I'm surrounded by 1,338 other attendees who, if nothing else, have one thing in common, and if no one else, have each other to call community. And if that doesn't inspire you, then you probably use Squarespace. Did that sound negative? Let me try that one more time. And if that doesn't inspire you, you probably use Squarespace, and that's cool too. Anyway, this trip to WordCamp US was the culmination of a lot of firsts for me. My first business trip, my first time meeting any of my co-workers at WPMU Dev, other than obviously Josh and his wife Christy, my first WordPress gathering of any kind, and my first season finale for Hello WP. So friends, join me as I journey to the center of the WordPress world to try and understand the why and who behind it all. I never imagined that this podcast would take me across the country to put on a lanyard and shake hands with the very active yet tiny minority of the WordPress ecosystem, let alone land an unexpected interview with arguably the most influential person on the web. More on that later. So welcome to Hello WP, a podcast that reminds you what it's like to be a new WordPress user. I'm Micah, and at different points throughout this episode, you'll hear my co-host, Josh.
Okay, I want to back up for a minute to the day before WCUS began. I'll call it the chaos before the calm before the storm. I just got to Music City Center uh, for setup. So I'm going to go check out the uh, room where our booth is set up. WPMU Dev's booth. Without going too far into the weeds of planning the logistical beast that is WCUS, let me try to give you a quick glimpse into the amount of time, person power, and of course, money involved in bringing it together. This event, WordCamp US 2018, had a team of roughly 30 organizers, 175 volunteers, and 50 sponsors. While this is my first time attending a WordPress gathering, it's also WPMU Dev's first time sponsoring a WordCamp US. So, in the days leading up to the main event, amidst all the preparation, meals, drinks, and first time in-person conversations, I worked on grasping why we, as a company, value participating in these conferences. Now, hold on to your headphones, because I'm going to do some audio inception here. While I'm walking to the Davison Ballroom, aka the hallway track, aka where our booth is set up, in this recording, I'm going to cut to a conversation Josh and I had the night before at a sushi restaurant. Hello, Micah. Hello, Josh. I want to know, in your first four to six hours, we've been spending a lot of time with the team, um, just kind of like a, a good old family reunion around here. Yeah. My question is, have you learned anything about the culture of WPMU Dev in the first six hours? That's a good question. I've actually been thinking about this a lot. Okay. I've been thinking about how, how much WordCamp is a social event. This gathering is a social event more than a tech event. Is that accurate? I agree with that very much so for us specifically as a company. We look at the experience of WordCamp as a as much a way of connecting with the community of WordPress as a way of um, developing the people of our company relationship building internally in a remote company that's really hard to pull off a lot of times so do i have a lot of vocal fry going on right now you think (laughs) aside from the obvious marketing perks that come with showing your face at big conferences wpmu dev has chosen to make wordcamps a part of its company culture for reasons that aren't as obvious If you listened to our second episode of this season, Hello Plugins, then you know that we admittedly failed at this for many years, unintentionally making ourselves an outsider of the community we depend on, and feeling the side effects of a growing distributed company. Now, and really over the past four years or so, we've been adjusting our focus, and that comes with its own set of challenges. You'll see what I mean here in a second. Let's go back to my seemingly never-ending walk to the hallway track where the team is setting up our booth. All right, I'm walking into Davison. I see Panthon, I see Plesk, I see GoWP, WooCommerce, Yoast, GoDaddy, SiteGround, Google. Oh, there we are, there's WPMU Dev. 
pretty awesome. Josh Daly, give me your narrative of what's happening in the Davison Ballroom right now. All right, we're here in the Davison Ballroom, and around me are some of the biggest names in WordPress setting up their very beautiful, very lovely booths. Um, and you can tell who's done this before and made this a part of their culture because they have really nice things they've put together and then you could tell who's new to the game and I think uh, we look like we, some of the new guys we look like some of the new guys <laughs> but that's okay yeah. uh, but I'm excited to just be a part because it's been a long stretch coming for us okay I'm gonna go bug Ronnie Ronnie listen we're recording a little audio diary okay and you facilitated our whole booth so i want to ask you how you're feeling about everything coming together we're much better now yeah. that everything's here <laughs> yeah. when the truck was late this morning we were a little nervous a little for stress. a little stress yeah. for a minute or two <laughs> yeah. but everything's up we're yeah. rolling some shirts okay describe what we have so uh we have a giant 10 foot tall uh, tower of superheroes uh, a couple of banners so all we're missing is Devman himself. He's not made an appearance. Oh. So, so we'll see how that... Whoa, see, whoa <laughs> friends. <laughs> oh, he's here. <laughs> he just walked in the room. Nice. In case you're wondering, no, Ronnie is not joking. We had a full-size Devman mascot made that several members of our team wore while dancing, high-fiving, and offering free photo ops to any event goers that would humor us. I'll include a link to our Instagram in the show notes if you want to see photos. So after the setup chaos and an evening of calm, the only thing that was left was the storm. Good morning, good morning. Testing. Micah Daly here. We're taking the walk over to the venue. Christy so is here. Excited. Say hello. So excited. Josh. Josh is here. Woo! <laughs> I can't see. My first two days in Nashville were spent looking at the subculture of WPMU Dev to see how we've been shaped slash are being shaped by the WP community. But now I wanted to look outside of our company to understand WordPress big and small. Now, if you're like me and have never attended a WordCamp US before, well, it's a lot like other open source software conferences. And if you're also like me and have never attended other open source software conferences, then it's vaguely like a music festival. Okay, maybe that's a bit of a reach. Throughout the first two days, rotating sessions take place in two different conference spaces. All of these sessions are curated by the organizing team to feature a diverse group of speakers and cover a wide array of mostly WordPress-related topics, from broad web and or business development to in-depth coding workshops to diversity and inclusion in tech. At this particular event, there were a total of 36 sessions, and on the first day, while crowds of eager WordPressers shuffled between 21 of those 36 sessions, I found a quiet area on the third floor to chat with my first interviewee. Hey. So now I'm upstairs talking to, is it Mika Micah, or Micah? Micah. Micah. Yeah. 
Meet Miriam Schwab. She's a freelancer turned agency owner turned software company owner from Israel. Aside from her company being one of the sponsors this year, Miriam did a session about content security policies earlier this morning. So um, after my fourth kid was born, I was like, okay, I'm going to be freelance from now on. I thought I was going to do content, but I had time on my hands, so I started to learn how to build websites like I taught myself with Google. Yeah. <laughs> and um, people started wanting me to build websites for them. Yeah. But at that time, I was just doing you know, HTML, CSS websites. And I was so annoyed that they wanted me to edit their content, and it was just so I looked for a content management solution, and um, I tested Joomla, I tested Drupal, and tested WordPress, and I just fell in love with WordPress. I just I loved it. It was just smart. Um, it was smart from the point of view of me building the sites, and it was easy for me to teach my clients to use it. My freelance career developed into actually uh, running a WordPress development agency in Israel. Uh, we worked with top tech companies, universities, custom WordPress solutions. Um, about two years ago, I felt like I needed a change. I had had ideas for products throughout the years, but I knew that I could not try to work on them as a mom and all that and, and running the other business. But I was like, I'm at the point, I felt like I was at the point where I could uh, explore something. And then I had the idea for the current company that um, now is actually a company called Stratic. Um, based on the pain points that my clients had had in the agency yeah. um, related to security and performance. And I started exploring the concept of a static site generator for WordPress sites because then you get the best of both worlds. As, as a business owner, what is the benefit of a WordCamp? Um, I've built a lot of my professional career mm -hmm. around participating in word camps in one way or another. So okay. I organized five word camps in Israel. Yeah. Um, and participating as an organizer, as a speaker, helps helps position you as a thought leader. Yeah. It's it's not instant. Like yeah. you don't go to a conference and then like everything changes, you know? <laughs> it's one conference and you meet up again at another conference and sure. you know I've created really valuable relationships that I, I, I with people that I love right. um, through these conferences. So it's so, as much a part of your culture as it is just. I guess so. I never thought of it that way, actually. Yeah. So it's really it just is. about kind of building a culture of community. Yeah, community for, for you and your employees and your. For company. sure, yeah. and there's a few things we gain from it. Obviously, mm -hmm. like you know, just meeting people and learning, like you said, that's amazing. Yeah. But also, I. That between the organizing of the word camps and speaking, I feel like at least this is some way I can give back. Give back, a term that in the WordPress community means everything. It's a call to every user to put a ring on it and commit their time, talent, and resources to the software that millions of site owners depend on. Contrary to what I thought when I first heard about contributing to WordPress, code is not the only way to give back. In fact, there are currently 17 other ways to get involved. And this takes me to my next interview, or I guess back to my first one. Every day, at 12.30, attendees, volunteers, and sponsors all make their way to the cafeteria on the third floor of the Music City Center for a buffet-style lunch featuring this, 
a live jazz band. Mm, thanks, Nashville. It was during lunch on the first day that I met freelancer, WordPress contributor, and Hello WP listener, Birgit Olsum. Unfortunately, our first chat was cut short, so we planned to meet up for another chat the following day. Um, what, what does WordPress mean to you personally? So how, is it, how has it affected your life or your community or your work? Um, I'm really passionate about it because uh, I learned so much about programming through tutorials and how to build and also to um, publish my, my own thoughts but also through the community uh, engagement. Um, I made so many friends and I have something, I can do something meaningful. Um, for uh, some years I was uh, responsible to publish uh, the translated WordPress uh, of, uh, in Germany. And when you imagine there's someone who pushed the button to send out an update mm -hmm. of WordPress to now 32%. Yeah. At that moment, I guess we were about 20%. Yeah. And you imagine that uh, um, your action uh, has effect on so many million of sites. Um, that is huge. Mm -hmm. And so you are creating something special. What is WordPress for me, it's like my my, my second family, mm. yeah, and um, yeah, it is not a software alone, it's, it's, yeah, it's a passion. There's no denying it, WordPress inspires passion. In fact, that passion is what gives birth to events like WordCamp US, and it's what motivates contributors. But what, or who, inspires WordPress? After an extended period of development for the next phase of WordPress's evolution, see our Hello Gutenberg episode, this question was on the lips of many of this year's WCUS goers. It's about 4 p.m. on day two of WordCamp US, and to close out the main conference portion of the event, WordPress's co-founder, Matt Mullenweg, will take the stage in a large concrete-floored room to give his annual State of the Word keynote. It's here that he updates the community on the previous year, celebrates milestones, and casts vision for the future of WordPress. Imagine huge screens, rock star lighting, a big open stage with a podium, and a single oversized cowboy boot for decoration. Although I've used WordPress's software for many years, I consider this WordCamp, and really this podcast, my first real introduction to WordPress. And coincidentally, during this state of the word, nearly 15 years after its formation, Matt Mullenweg wanted to take this opportunity to reintroduce WordPress to everyone. There's been a lot that's been going on, so I'd actually like to allow WordPress a chance to reintroduce itself. It is the reason we're here. WordPress isn't a physical thing. It's not a set of code. It's kind of an idea. It's backed by the full faith and credit of every person and company that depends on it. It only exists in the space between our heads and our minds. It has a constitution. It's built on the four freedoms. The freedom to run the program for any purpose, freedom to study how the program works and change it, to redistribute it, and to share your changed versions. 
It was right about now, while hearing Matt's voice bouncing around this echo chamber of a hall, that I realized WordPress, at its core, is far more grand than I had ever imagined. But this realization was by no means a new concept to everyone in this venue. In fact, an understanding of this larger vision for WordPress and its effect on the users of the internet at large is what begged questions of WordPress's leadership structure during the post-state of the word Q&A. Hello, I'm Morton from Planet Earth. <laughs> uh, Stay a little closer to the mic. Right, sorry. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the use of the word we. Previously, you, taught, you used the word we to refer to the people in this room. And then you used we to refer to all the people that use WordPress. And then sometimes you use we to refer to something that sounds an awfully lot like Matt Mullenweg. Um, this is actually more of a question of leadership than it is about we. It's just it's framed within how we use the term we. I think the community needs to have a better understanding of what leadership looks like in WordPress currently, what the vision is for leadership moving forward. But we also need some clarity in language because this language that's being used is awfully confusing the way it is. So who is we? Good question. After the state of the word and the Q&A that followed, I left the Music City Center that night with what felt like more questions than answers. And in the days that followed, as I made the trek back home to Arizona and began putting the pieces together for this episode, that unsettled feeling persisted. There was obviously a lot more than met the ear with Morton's question in the clip you just heard. So I decided to reach out and see if he'd be willing to shed some light on this interaction with Matt. After the break, the anti-Matt Mullenweg? This season of Hello WP is brought to you by WPMU Dev. Hello, Micah. Hey, Josh. WPMU Dev fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) You got a lot of fun facts. I do. I have a lot of fun facts. WPMU Dev is more than probably what you think it is. Okay. A lot of people associate it with their favorite product, like Smush. Yeah. So when they think, I'm going to upgrade from Smush to Smush Pro, they don't realize they're getting a whole bunch more for the same low price. Becoming a member of WPMU Dev is like paying for one ticket to uh, the Avengers. It's like buying a ticket to (laughs) the Avengers. Build faster, better, more secure WordPress sites. Optimize WordPress performance and make ongoing site maintenance simple with WPMU Dev. Try it today for free at WPMUDev.com. And you'd have to have been in at State of the Word for multiple years to understand this weird relationship that Matt Mullenweg and Morgan Rand Hendrickson have. There's this like almost a running joke thing going on that every year I come and ask some sort of very difficult question. And then the next year I come back and basically ask the same question again. And then three or four or five times later, 
there's some sort of answer and then I move on to the next question. <laughs> and that's why if you go and watch the state of the word, you can see when I step up the microphone, Matt like stands and leans on the podium and there's this <laughs> kind of jokey exchange. Yeah. It's because there's an, this is like an ongoing conversation that's been happening over years. Sure. Some people have this impression that I'm the anti-Matt. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The reality isn't that at all. Yeah. It's just, I guess that's how it looks to people. Sure. Um, Matt and I have uh, very strong opinions about where WordPress should be going. Mm. And they don't always correspond with each other. And uh, I uh, come from a political background and I, like, I feel my role in the WordPress project is to surface some of these um, tension points and some of these underlying problems in such a way that the community can talk about them. Mm. And I choose that forum to bring them to the surface because it's a forum where Matt has an opportunity to respond immediately. Right. Now, I cannot state this highly enough. My role in the WordPress project is extremely minor. Yeah. I, I'm just really loud. So can we just start with your, uh, with your name and what you do? My name is Morten Rand Hendrickson. I am a senior staff instructor with LinkedIn Learning, which used to be lynda.com. Okay. Um, leading up to WordCamp US and the release of 5.0, the two questions that I kept hearing and seeing from folks in the community was what's coming next, you know, with Gutenberg and with everything in 5.0 and who is in charge? Mm -hmm. um, does that seem pretty accurate or, or is there anything you could add to those questions? The, there, there are two questions a lot of people are asking and it's because those two questions don't have any clear answers. Mm -hmm. um, there is controversy around Gutenberg itself, yeah. uh, as in the code base, as in the design around it. You have the question of who was this designed for? Uh, I mean, this is a project that was designed quite literally backwards from normal design process. You normally start with defining target audience, you identify their needs and wants and desires and goals, and then you try to create a solution around that. Whereas Gutenberg started as an interface design hmm. uh, of, of a block editor and then reverse engineered itself all the way back to a user target, which ah. is really not the way you design software. Yeah. Uh, just to be frank, this is backwards. Yeah. Like I teach uh, at a university too. I teach interaction design. Okay. And the design process always starts by identifying needs, goals, and users. And that was never done mm. for Gutenberg. Now, the interesting thing is that has also never been done for WordPress. And through various mechanisms, the decision-making that's been done in WordPress up to this point has panned out for the good. Now, the answer to why that has happened depends on who you talk to. Mm. But um, it's becoming somewhat problematic because WordPress is such a big piece of the web now yeah. that uh, the risk of making a decision that has long-term consequences that are negative is much bigger now than it was in the past because, you know, 32% of the web, that means that any decision you make in WordPress affects millions and millions and millions of people right. and their lives and their businesses and whatever they're doing and their content on the web. So the lack of a clear target audience, a clear goal, a clear understanding of exactly what is being done is becoming more and more of a problem. Mm. And this is why me and a group of people have proposed this the WordPress governance project, which is going to look at how do we create governance structure or take some of the governance structures that already exist within WordPress and make them formal 
so that the answer who speaks for WordPress, who makes decisions for WordPress, um, who is responsible can actually be answered. As a WordPress newcomer, I initially connected the the statement democratized publishing to a uh, democratized leadership structure. So, um, and I've also heard and seen a lot of people express similar feelings. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think WordPress should be treated as, as a democracy? No. No? No, that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> can, can, you get, can you get into that a little bit? Yeah, sure. I mean, when we proposed this governance project, I mean, this is not a new thing. This has been, a lot of people have been mulling about this for a while now, which is why when when we proposed it, there wasn't the, oh my God, what is happening? Everyone was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, this this should have happened. (laughs) This sounds like the right time to do this. Yeah. Um, One of the immediate questions that we got from the audience was, do you mean that we're not going to vote on WordPress features? Yeah. We're not going to have like a, you know, poll for every feature. And you can just imagine how chaotic that would be if you had <laughs> every WordPress user, you log into WordPress and you get this voting panel. Yeah. Just, just let me take a side note for a second. This ide- ideal that WordPress aims towards, this principle mm. of democratizing publishing is an extremely powerful idea. And I think... The reason for WordPress's success and the reason why WordPress is where it is today is because of Matt Mullenweg. It is because of Matt Mullenweg's uh, grand vision of what the web should be like. And it is because WordPress and that concept of democratizing publishing um, is the actualization of the promise of the web. The promise of the web is to make all content accessible to everyone and for that to happen, you need some way for people to be able to publish content. And WordPress very much is exactly that. Mm. And what we need to do as a community is under is figure out what exactly does it mean when we say democratized publishing beyond just those words? And what are the necessary conditions that need to be in place on the web for us to be able to meet that goal? Mm. Uh, and that's where the governance project comes in, is to try to figure out how do we define principles, political principles, based on that core ideal? Because that's the only thing that we can say without any question that every WordPress user agrees to, um, ad- adheres to. And then we can say, okay, so there are a bunch of necessary conditions that need to be in place for us to be able to do this. Things like there has to be a way for us to publish WordPress. Mm. Um, there has to be a way for people to contribute back to WordPress you know, without barriers. And within that then comes a bunch of things about net neutrality mm-hmm. and fairness to access, that everyone needs access to high-speed internet. And then we can say, okay, so if we know that we need things like net neutrality, who makes those decisions? Well, that's politicians. So where are the channels we can, what are the channels we can use to gain access to those politicians to say to them, for 32% of the web to be able to do what they want to do, net neutrality is necessary. Mm. And who goes to those people and talks to them? And what mandate do those people have? Mm. That's governance, is actually having structures in place to make all of these decisions so that the voice is heard of all the people who use WordPress and who benefit from WordPress. Mm. That's great. So I I was wondering, is the governance project something that Matt has given his quote-unquote blessing to? Has he asked for it? Is he involved in it? Uh, What's going on there? Um, I think 
it, he, he has not told me that, yes, go do this yeah. or, or said, I am totally for this or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Matt is curious about what this will lead to. I'm also fairly certain that Matt thinks uh, this will not lead anywhere, <laughs> as are many people in the WordPress project. And of course, I can't speak for Matt Mullenweg because I'm not Matt Mullenweg and I have not spoken about it. But definitely inferring from previous conversations I've had with him and previous conversations I've seen him have with others, um, there, there's a general attitude in the uh, open source world that creating governance structures for open source is almost impossible. And it's fair because there have been many attempts at making governance structures that have just ended with chaos yeah. and, and very, very, very unconstructive solutions that have you know, either just fell, fallen apart or actually damaged the community. Hmm. And one of the key aspects of the governance project is we have to make a structure that actually works and a structure that supports Matt and his vision. Morton's right. He can't speak for Matt, and I sure as heck can't either. But I wanted to see if we could get away from speculation. Approximately two months before WordCamp US, Matt declined my request for an interview we hope to include in our Hello Gutenberg episode. But that was then, and this is now, so after the dust settled from the release of 5.0 and the busyness of WCUS was behind us, I thought I'd try again. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, it's my pleasure. Awesome. uh, While scrambling to finish production for this episode, I received a simple sure from Matt Mullenweg. Somehow I, a total WordPress noob, scored time with one of its founders. So after scheduling a time to chat, I attempted to get my nerves under control. Um, At WordCamp US, um, you started the state of the word by reintroducing WordPress. Uh, Why did you feel the need to reintroduce WordPress at an event that is for WordPress. It's about WordPress. <laughs> well, first, it allowed me to make a reference to um, Jay-Z's public service announcement. He says, allow me to reintroduce myself. <laughs> a lot of people got it. So I will take this podcast as an opportunity uh, for people to check out that song and get the reference. Um, you know, often we start our conversations with the assumption of a lot of of previous knowledge or mm. previous conversations or previous, often previous assumptions as well. Mm. So I really want to say like, you know, we're introducing a very bold vision for the future of WordPress. I was laying out the longest roadmap we've ever had in the history of the project. Mm. I was introducing the biggest sort of developments we've launched. So this was kind of the biggest thing we've ever done. And it felt important at that moment to ground ourselves. Like, why are we here? Yeah. And also to sort of say, why well, I think we're here, because a lot of people, WordPress is somewhat of a blank canvas. So people, can, people can bring their own thoughts, hopes, ideas, assumptions, biases to it. And um, yeah, this is kind of the one opportunity I have per year to uh, sort of use the bully pulpit to try to point the community in a direction uh, that I find inspiring and innovative and the thing that I think will bring us closest to our goals. And hopefully that resonates with other folks. And then we spend that year working on that path. Um, On the philosophy page of WordPress.org, there's a portion on designing for the majority. Um, Can you speak to that? Can you break that down a bit? It's a tough one. So almost everything on the philosophy page can be used to make either side of an argument. Okay. (laughs) That's that's its weakness. Yeah. The intention 
when we put that uh, designing for the majority is to say, we want to create things that can be powerful for people who need the power, but intuitive for people who are using WordPress as an ends to a mean. And the majority there, people often mistake it for a majority of current WordPress users. But really what the majority means is a majority of people in the world. Yeah. Uh, Now, that doesn't mean that everything we've ever launched in the history of WordPress was something that, you know, 51% of the people were asking for. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes we do use the software as a way to shift the conversation, shift the web, or provide something that we consider, you know, sort of fundamentally important. Do do you ever feel like the community, the WordPress community, has kind of forgotten who WordPress is for? Um, Well, that would almost be impossible to do, depending on how you define community and how you define what WordPress is for. Sure. Um, I think that people bring many of their own ideas to it. Yeah. And they see actions uh, that you know, the developers of WordPress or the designers of WordPress, people contributing through a lens. And mm-hmm. that can be helpful or harmful. You know, something that I struggle with a lot is a lot of people put a lens of Matt is trying to maximize this short-term profit for automatic right. uh, in his leadership role of the WordPress project. And, um, you know, I think there's lots of, logical refutations to that. But if you see every single thing I do through that lens, you'll just look for patterns or you'll kind of justify everything with it. Remember that moment during the state of the word when I realized that WordPress was much bigger than I imagined? It's here in my conversation with Matt that I realized something else. I now view WordPress through a lens of my own. A big part of my so-called WordPress lens has been developed by my life, meaning my experiences, my upbringing, my beliefs, and so on. And the other parts of my WordPress lens have been shaped by the last six months of creating this podcast. Hear me out, because I'm going to be vulnerable here for a second. After hearing Matt's response to my arguably leading question about forgetting who WordPress is for, a sense of failure as a WordPress gumshoe flooded over me. Maybe I had gotten too caught up in the hashtag WP drama on Twitter or different comment sections and allowed the negative lenses that Matt just mentioned to skew my unbiased perspective I had hoped to provide because they were the loudest voices. And maybe, just maybe, I had forgotten who WordPress is for. While trying to look at WordPress and its community from every angle and learn from the unique perspectives of its users, I had effectively forgotten what it's like to be new to WordPress. It's interesting because I, as I've been kind of looking into or reading the philosophies and trying to understand what, what WordPress means with democratizing publishing and, and, and who that includes, and that includes everyone, it's a call to everyone, and um, but it's also a special statement to to say that it's not just for the minority of of um, developers. Um, it's also for the writers and for the uh, people who are just creating things and and trying to put things out there. 
And so I guess that's more so that's kind of what I was going towards with the question of if the community has forgotten who WordPress is for. But I, I guess that that is from my perspective of what it means to design for the majority. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the majority of people aren't developers. The majority of people are um, are close, probably closer to bloggers, you know. So it's probably it's very circular because without the developers, right? Would WordPress be that motivating? Right, right. You know, right. we're not for agencies. But without the agencies, would there be as many examples? Yeah. Of WordPress powering some of the most creative, independent sites on the web. Mm. So it's kind of, it's kind of for everyone and no one at the same time. Yeah. So what you end up doing when developing something new is you try to think of different constituencies, yeah. and think about how it could affect all of them. Hmm. And Gutenberg being a great example. It both makes things easier for new users and a lot more powerful for developers. When hmm. you can find something like that, it's golden. You just have to run towards it and do your best job at it. WordPress is for everyone and no one at the same time. I remember when I decided to move my first site off of another content management system and rebuild it on WordPress. I wanted a platform that could accommodate my non-developer skill set, but had the potential to take me far beyond my limitations. Some could argue that WordPress isn't for me or users like me, and others might argue that WordPress was made for me. But Matt and Morton have a lens of WordPress that says both and. Okay, so let's move into my questions for Matt on the leadership of WordPress and, of course, his thoughts on the governance project. So as a WordPress newcomer, um, I initially connected the term democratized publishing to a democratized leadership structure. Do you think that WordPress's open source status um, accentuates that, that, that thought process? Well, I guess it depends on what's your form of you what's your form of democracy is so like for example in the u.s we live in a representative uh federal republic so i can vote directly periodically every year or two sometimes every four years on a representative that then creates the legislations and rules which are implemented through the other branches of government um so but i'm not directly voting on every single issue that comes in sure uh, you know, that is probably the closest analogy if we were to sort of try to draw a line to WordPress and how software gets created is people, you know, vote by using and, and promoting and telling their friends about the software, which increases its usage. And they essentially elect which branch, both what software they use in the first place and then what parts of that software they choose to interact with or use or promote or what plugins they use or things like that. And then the people who have the ability to make the change, which is, I guess, core committers, but, you know, in the wider audience of people who can develop and commit to WordPress, you know, if they are benevolent <laughs> or enlightened or at least want to be informed, they would look at that usage data and use it to inform the direction that things are going to go. So it's not... You know, it's not a poll on WordPress deciding what features we use next, but it is very much the sort of engagement with the software uh, by the wider community um, and also the non-engagement of the software by an even wider community. You know, think of the 7 billion people that don't use WordPress yet mm -hmm. and inform uh, the direction that we choose to go, essentially the, 
the laws we choose to pass and uh, and work on, and then we release it and see what happens. <laughs> so every release is almost like an election, right? It's an opportunity for those ideas, um, designs, theories to be out in the world. And then we observe how the world interacts with that and do it again. And that process of iteration um, is probably the closest that you could get in software to a truly participative process. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a lot better than the purely passive interactions that we have with things like um, Facebook or other commercial services, because it, it, it can also be informed by the transparency, which is inherent, and in you actually see the code, you see the changes. Mm-hmm. Um, people might gripe about how a decision to make a change was made, but you can't say that every change was not purely, you know, committed and documented, and you can tell everything that led up to it, uh, at least from a code point of view. How do you see that? view of the direction WordPress goes, how does that affect the leadership? Do you think that that automatically makes people think that that the leadership structure is like a democracy, kind of like the U.S. Um, democracy? Well, not if they're familiar with any of the history of WordPress. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the closest you might have is some sort of nonprofit committee structure mm-hmm. like to public voting. But usually that's even only a usually not all the representatives it's usually a portion of them so um and there are more projects that are run closer to that um now of course just being on a deciding committee is useless without the ability to implement the change Hmm. so you need you need developers and designers and the, the folks actually you know executing the vision is as if not more important than the ability to make a decision yeah and that also is part of the dynamic, which I think makes things like WordPress participative and that people choose to develop on it or not. Mm. And guess what? Like, as we go a certain direction and maybe even become more opinionated or go someplace controversial, people choose to leave and mm. they start forks or they work on other things or they just do other things with their time. And that's totally fine. That's a way that they are sort of voting with their participation in the, uh, in the future of the project. And that does influence it, absolutely. The most challenging is if people feel they weren't heard in the first place. Yeah. So um, totally okay. And actually, there's been many times in WordPress's history where I disagreed with a decision. But I felt like my point of view was well understood. You know, I, I had an opportunity to, to make the best version of my argument. And the people, I felt like, understood it. And, but the release leads at that time decided to go a different direction. And so, because I believe ultimately in the long-term potential of WordPress and the cohesion of the community, I supported that decision, even though I disagreed with it. And that is ultimately what makes long-term healthy projects of any type, whether it's commercial, non-commercial, open source, proprietary, is that ability to have a difference of opinion, but work together towards something, a further goal. And I I know probably most people would love to have all of that in politics today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I often I often see people refer to you as a benevolent dictator um, in a way that uh, that says like it it didn't used to be that way or it it wasn't supposed to be this way. Um, Where do you think people get the idea that decisions are made by more than just you? Where do you think people get that idea? Um, Because that's the truth. (laughs) Yeah. Can you can you dig into that? Yeah. 
<laughs> it's like why most conspiracy theories fail. Like generally large complex systems are too large and complex to be truly <laughs> directed sure. by any single person or any secret cabal or anything like that. Um, there is so much going on, even on WordPress.org every day, that it's beyond um, certainly my capacity to even be aware of it all. Yeah. That means that very often, a large majority of everything happening every day is decisions that are being made at the edges. Mm -hmm. um, why they might think I'm involved in everything is like I am involved in the very big decisions. Uh, so that is part of what is my contribution to WordPress. It's trying to take all available information and uh, given probably two you know, if it's a hard decision, it's probably because there's good arguments for both both directions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, use my experience, any wisdom I've accumulated, anything, as much input as possible to try to allow us to choose a path. Because, and the truth is that what makes it a little less stressful is often either direction is better than no decision. So it's one of those things where we've got two good options. Um, I could see us being successful with either one. And having a decision will be much, much better than if we stay in stasis or paralyzed decision paralysis for a long time. Right. And I'd say that's actually probably one of our biggest issues right now in WordPress is like we have a lot of areas that are uh, paralyzed. And part of what I'm trying to do by creating some more explicit deputies, that is trying to make explicit um, roles that in the past might have been a little more emergent or less clearly defined, which also meant that no one was sure who could actually make a decision. Hmm. So long term, you know, uh, maybe a common misperception is that I want to make all decisions. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make as few as possible because that means that the systems and the hierarchy and the processes that we put in place are making great decisions yeah. uh, before it ever gets to me. And I also want to feel like how we're operating there is highly aligned with what I think the best possible version of it would be. So moving forward to the governance project, um, during WordCamp US, Rachel Cherry and Morton announced the WordPress governance project. It's an effort to uh, look at internal and open um, web governance of the WordPress project. Um, and I wanted to know what your thoughts were on this and if you have or if you are going to give your quote-unquote blessing to it. What would it mean to give my blessing to it? Well, I think it's, and correct me if I'm wrong, my understanding of the project is that they're going to come up with a structure and then they're going to pitch it to you and then it'll be up to you to implement it. So that's, I guess that's what I mean by giving your blessing to it. <laughs> yeah, and it was part of the reason that we moved it off um, sort of official WordPress.org stuff is people did see it as like an official thing. So they assumed it already had kind of a blessing ah. or a implied or, or explicit commitment that whatever the recommendations of this group were going to be, we were going to do. Yeah. Um, I'm very curious to see, you know, some extremely smart people exploring some very interesting areas. Right. Uh, so I'm, of course, going to read and review whatever they produce. But I don't know if 
or certainly we haven't seen in the past that that approach to to deciding how we work as a project is the most effective way to decide what to do next. Hmm. Governments makes it sound a lot fancier than it actually is. Like we're building software. <laughs> <laughs> it's really all comes down to code at the end of the day. And so I personally prefer that you know a lot of the ways that we do things are code centric. You know, discussions should be on track or GitHub and let's have the try to keep it to technical merits and expected outcomes or metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, necessarily getting too abstract because like i said you know the things on the wordpress philosophy page can often be made to make an argument either way yeah so it's not actually useful for deciding between two pretty good directions that we could go in sure yeah so that's kind of my personal bias and um so our problems end up being a lot more prosaic uh than than kind of you would think Matt is 100% correct. The problems that he and Morton alluded to in these short interviews are far more prosaic or unsexy or mundane than I expected. But that's where life happens, right? Life is experienced in the humdrum. And I, for one, am thankful for people like Matt and Morton, who through different approaches remind us to care for the things that may easily go unnoticed and the people who are often forgotten. So what, what do you think is the most valuable aspect of the WordCamps, in your opinion? The people. Mm. WordPress is the people. Uh, I mean, it's easy to think of WordPress as software, but it's actually the people. It's the contributors to the WordPress project. It's the people who use WordPress. It's the people that interface with WordPress sites. It's everyone who touches WordPress in some way. And the value of the of WordPress is in the people. Right. So going to WordCamp is one of the only places where you get to interface with the real WordPress um, and, and see just how diverse it is. Some of the first critical feedback that we got towards HelloWP was the lack of diversity present in my journey. And attending WordCamp US 2018 helped me visualize just why. Community forces you to think past your experience and look at the broader implications of what's happening around you. It's easy to affirm opinions that benefit you instead of the whole. My business, my blog, my job, my money, I, my, me, mine. And that's how most people experience the internet, including myself. Participating in WordPress as more than just a simple way to build a website pushes us to step back and ask how others are experiencing the web. And that requires us to be challenged by the voices of others. Voices that don't always sound like our own. Voices from different countries, backgrounds, sexual orientations, age groups, and varying economic brackets. Because those are the people WordPress is for. It's for communities, and it's for individuals. It's for developers, and it's for people like me. It's for everyone, and it's for no one. This mindset is what brought hundreds of WordPress community members back to the Music City Center in Nashville for a third day. After the event had culminated the night before with the state of the word, folks got up the next morning and went back to work at Contributor Day. They didn't come back for the big conference buzz, they came back for the mundane. The beauty of WordPress is that it calls its users to action by participating in something far bigger than their individual lenses. 
I've heard you say that that WordPress is your life's work. Um, and so I'm, I'm wondering why, why WordPress for you? I think it has been the feedback loop. I've seen the impact that these lines of code have had on people's lives. Hmm. So it's, it's incredibly rewarding. I don't do it because it's easy. Right. <laughs> I don't do it because it's fun. You know, it's like, I do it because I see the impact it has on the world. Yeah. And, you know, it's an opportunity to have a dent in the universe. It's probably the most open opportunity to do that on the web today. I don't know. That's just so much fun. <laughs> yeah. I also really love the people involved. I learn so much from the people I get to interact with in the WordPress community. And that's also a big motivator for me is learning. It's like the best possible school, college, grad school, uh, Montessori, all mixed in the one. Hello WP is a podcast by WPMU Dev. It's produced by me, Micah Daly, and Josh Daly. I did the editing and original score for this season. Our super design team, Julian, Yudi, and Ash, created our show's art, and Allison transcribed each and every episode. You can read those at hellowp.world. Thank you, Birgit and Miriam, for chatting with me in Nashville. It was an honor to have met you both in person. And of course, thank you, Morton Ren Hendrickson and Matt Mullenwig, for jumping on calls with me post Nashville. You all made this first season of Hello WP truly unforgettable. <laughs>